A quick note before this week's episode, it was recorded during the 2023 WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes. Without the labor of the writers and actors currently on strike, the film being discussed here would not exist. I don't know what to make of you, kid. What do you mean, Mace? Well, Pee-wee, when people don't want a circus, the world just doesn't make much sense. What do you mean, Mace? You know, I'm a guy who spent most of his life taking the world's frown and trying to turn it into a smile. What do you mean, Mace? It's funny, for the first time, I wonder if that's worth doing. What do you mean, Mace? Everybody, I'm Joel Murphy, and I'm Andy McIntyre. This is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. Damn right we do. And <clears throat> a little bit of a an homage to, or uh, paying our respects to the recently passed Pee Wee Herman as part of our good ideas, less than good execution month, and we're watching Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, I mean, obviously this was not originally planned this month, but it felt right to uh, to kind of take a time out from our regularly scheduled programming to uh, pay tribute to the great Paul Rubin, who uh, who we both love and who yeah. you know gave the world so much, particularly to people exactly our age, right. Um, and objectively, Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a perfect film, and thus we could not discuss it for this podcast we tried. as much as we may have wanted to. We tried to sell ourselves on it. Like, can we find one negative review? And you can't. No one, it doesn't exist. No one has ever <laughs> disliked that movie. Uh, it is the perfect film. It is amazing from the opening credits through the closing credits uh top three or four films ever made i think we can all agree mm -hmm. and so thus we're talking about big top peewee yeah i mean well you know when you discuss a, a film that set the record for most ever academy award wins yeah uh, it somehow won best documentary short yeah and uh and we didn't question it I think it it technically got that because of the Alamo, because we all learned mm. about the Alamo in that one scene. And they were like, well, that's a short documentary about how there's no basement in the Alamo. So that counts. Right. Um, one of the so obviously there are a lot of social media tributes to Pee Wee Herman and Paul Rubens in his passing. I think the best was by the Alamo's Twitter account. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That they said they not said, a day goes by. <laughs> that someone doesn't ask to see the basement. Yeah. It just no, it's fantastic. No, I I don't know if you've been on the same kick I have, but I I rewatched that. I actually watched uh for the first time I had never seen it before the uh Pee-wee Herman show, which is a 1-hour special that you can find on uh Max that is essentially the earliest origins of the character. It's the Groundlings uh stage show that Paul Rubens was doing. That got him Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
Yeah. Um, and it has Phil Hartman as like the sea captain character, right? Yes. Yeah. It was also, yeah. it was funny. Uh, Miss Yvonne, it was played by Charlie Day's mom from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah, no, I, re I remember, uh, I remember seeing that a bunch a million years ago back uh, on HBO and loving it and loving Pee-wee's Playhouse and, you know, just being a huge fan of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, it's funny. I watched Pee-wee's Playhouse, but I had never seen this special. And it it's fascinating to watch now because you realize that it's like an adult oriented satire of a children's show that someone watched and went, what if we did that? But as a for real, like unironically as a real kid show. <laughs> and it worked so phenomenally well. It did. Yeah, it's great. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's been nice to kind of get this nostalgic uh, revisiting of all this stuff. And I also just I mean, obviously, we're going to talk specifically about this film laser focused, as always uh, <laughs> locked in. Because if there's one thing Paul Rubens would want from us in our tribute show to him, it's to be really focused on one specific topic and to not stray into any stream of consciousness whatsoever. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it's been really wonderful to see the incredible outpouring of just one love by fans, but then two, the people in the industry who knew him, who were like, I met him. We became friends. He texted me on my birthday every year. Like he would send a ton of gifts. He, uh, you know, would text me on Halloween. Like he, you know, would keep in touch. He sent these legendary Christmas cards. He was the sweetest guy uh everyone loved him and he, like he clearly loved life and uh it's just it's nice it's nice to see that when when someone you know sometimes like people pass away and it's like well you know you know uh, he did a lot of good work todd was todd you know i mean todd you know he was just he was an original. What can I say? You know, it's like that guy was a jerk and nobody liked him. But like when it's like Paul Rubin. <laughs> I'm hoping for that level of tepid support in memoriam when I finally pass. I expect mine will be who? What was it? Who was he again? <laughs> I uh, sound maybe, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joey. I remember Joey. Yeah. Right. Guy clean shaven, short. I remember him. <laughs> Never wore a hat. Never wore a hat. Exactly. Perfect vision. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we all know me. Those are all just hated Batman. Hated Batman and pro wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Super late adopter of podcasting. <laughs> that one hurts, I think. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it's it's been really nice and it's been obviously wonderful to watch all the and I, I will say this, man. Like, I know that this is not like this is a flawed film. If just cards on the oh, table, big time, big top Pee Wee is a flawed film. But I have to say that when I was a kid, this movie was always on television and I watched it eight million times. I think I've seen this more than I've seen uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure because I just think it was on more. See, it's interesting. I had almost the opposite experience where I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I want to say daily. I don't know. I feel like it was just I saw it that much um, to the point where, like, 
yeah, it's the like I could recite the whole movie. I know it, you know, like beat for beat. And then this one I saw a few times. Interesting. Yeah. I I don't know if we had different cable channels. I I feel like it must have been on HBO because I had HBO growing up. And so I feel like it was always on there. There's certain movies that I've just seen constantly where they were the movies as a kid that they would be on. Because that's the other thing. I watched this movie in the beginning, the opening few scenes I'm like fuzzy on. And then it hits mm. a point about the time that he starts having uh, his lunch date. That I'm like, okay, now I remember every single thing that's going to happen in this right, movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, no, I, I definitely have memories of like this movie, like seeing Pee Wee Herman, be like, ooh, Pee Wee's big. Oh, big top Pee Wee. All right, <laughs> I guess I'll watch it. No, I mean, as a kid, I didn't question it. I loved it. It was just Pee Wee Herman, and I thought it was fun. And it's very interesting because I haven't, I hadn't gone back and rewatched it as an adult. This is the first time. No, I hadn't seen this movie in at least 20 years. Yeah. At, at a minimum. And and it is a, that case. Well, actually, probably close to 30 <laughs> years and all. I like it. Probably not since it was originally out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know for me. Maybe probably closer to 20 years or something for me. But um. <laughs> but weirdly, I did own the uh, Scholastic Book Fair novelization of this movie. God bless. I wish you had it right now and we could read from <laughs> I it. I wish I did too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I had revisited more recently for sure. But and that movie, again, as we covered at the top, unimpeachable. It's perfect. No, from it start really to is. End. It's so good. Uh, but this one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not as solid, but. I think I still just have that that childhood fondness for it, for sure. So um, in rewatching this and thinking about like, how was Pee Wee's Big Adventure so amazing and this movie fine? And I think I think I've hit on it. Uh, I have a theory, too, but I, I would love to hear yours. <laughs> the world makes more sense in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, oh, that's that, not my thought at all, but interesting. Go on. <laughs> um, that like that Pee Wee is this unique character in a world that for all intents and purposes plays by the rules of the oh, real world. I see what you're saying. Okay. And, and, and Pee Wee is the exception to the rule. He breaks the world in every scene. He is to use like improv terminology. He is the unusual character. He is the unusual thing. He, you know. And everything is voice of reasoning peewee through the whole movie, essentially. Whereas this movie takes place in like it's borderline magical realism and <laughs> just nothing it plays with. It's very like inconsistent as to like what is possible and what isn't. And um, and so many things are strange that peewee doesn't even stand out in relief to how weird the world is. And I think that's a flaw with this movie. It's it's fascinating because you say it's a flaw and I, I see your point and I get it what you're saying. But at the same time, I think that that makes this truer to the Pee Wee Herman show. And uh, that's true. And Pee Wee's Playhouse, because, again, those were, were like everything. It literally was magical realism. The chair is alive. There's a, a floating Jombie head. the genie. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Yeah. Everything in that world was bonkers. And I think it worked. I honestly, I have a simpler theory and not to discount your theory, but you want to hear mine? Sure. Phil Hartman co-wrote <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's so, the right answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which and is, Tim Burton directed and it. And Tim too. Burton directed it. And I think that elevates it too, which 
is I was like reading a little bit and they did, of course, ask Tim Burton if he wanted to reprise his role as a director on this. And it was in the year it was 1988. It was right in between when he had just filmed Beetlejuice and he was beginning prep on Batman. So he was like, I'm going to decline <laughs> to go do two other iconic films. Uh, so that's why he didn't come back. But they did get Danny Elfman back to do a score, which might come up later in the second half of this. Yeah, film. Well, and the director, uh, Randall Kleiser, has just a bizarre filmography. Uh, his uh, first four listings on IMDb, uh, these are like the most well-known, are Grease, The Blue Lagoon, Flight of the Navigator, and White Fang. Wow. I mean, those are some big movies, but... Those are some huge movies, yeah. But yeah, yeah they don't and necessarily feel like they were all directed by the same director. <laughs> no. Um, he also do, did Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Classic. Uh... Which I don't and, know, you know. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get around to that franchise. Maybe we will at some point, but I'm just gonna say it. CPS should have stepped in. I mean, like the first time, sure, you shrunk the kids. Get it? Yeah. Total accident happens. You're a scientist, but when you blew up those kids, I think someone should have stepped you in. You made the giant baby. That was a problem. Someone should have stepped in because also here's the other thing. I'm not saying it's right, but when you shrunk them, harder to notice. But when you blow them up, super obvious. You made kaiju yeah, kids. He <laughs> he made a kaiju baby and that's impossible to notice yeah so to not notice to not notice so yeah i think i think someone should have stepped in you know uh the problem is it's just rick moranis is so lovable and all shocks that everyone's like okay rick well and that's the irony is that in real life fantastic parent a phenomenal parent like yeah. to the point that um that he gave up his uh acting career essentially in order to just be with his kids because uh his wife, their mother, passed away and is just, by all accounts, another person just all around good human being. Yep. Yeah. Like a guy who had a huge career, stepped aside to raise his kids. Yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. But I do want to I want to go back because uh, we started to talk about Phil Hartman. And I do. I think it's really interesting that if people don't know, they came up at the Groundlings together and they were really good friends. And that's why Phil Hartman is in. Uh, the the Pee-wee's, uh, the Pee-wee Herman show special. And it, he also apparently was uh, instrumental in like helping Paul Rubens develop the character at the Groundlings that, you know, that's obviously if, if people don't know about the Groundlings at all, that's kind of what you do there. Like you're it's a very character based. You do improv to make characters and then you end up turning them into sketch shows. And so he and Phil Hartman were there and it was like that was a character that came out and Phil Hartman was his friend who kind of helped him shape it into the Pee Wee Herman that we know and love. And I just bring that all up because one, I think it's interesting. And two, because Phil Hartman also phenomenal, just phenomenally talented. Yeah. Just one of the like low key funniest human beings ever. Yeah. And it's low key because he can be hilarious in the most unassuming roles. He can, he might be the greatest straight man to ever exist. Yeah, no, I, it, that's definitely true. I mean, he like he could play like bizarre characters like Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer, which was weird and hilarious. But like he could also like be the the narrator for the Hurlicky Boy ads. Like, just yeah. just let him be your dog. 
Or Lionel Hutz, attorney at law. Or Lionel Hutz, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who's just a bad lawyer. He's not an over-the-top character. He's just very bad at being a lawyer. It's like, oh, sorry, they forgot some punctuation. Works on contingency. <laughs> no, money down. <laughs> Which is unbreakable. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so all of that is just fun to note. And Phil Hartman is in uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like, he pops up. But Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah. But, yeah, this... Um, but yeah, no, I think I think you hit the more accurate answer as to why this is a slightly inferior film. Um, but I, I think that's why the humor works better still in, in Pee-wee's Big Adventure is that um, like the world is so weird in Big Top Pee-wee that. Like. Pee-wee's not like the voice of reason, the way he kind of was in his show, weirdly. Yeah. And, like the in Pee-wee's Playhouse, like he was the one trying to keep it all together while also, you know, the secret word and screamer aloud and and all of his his general shtick. But at the same time, he was dealing with like Terry the pterodactyl and Cherry and John B. the genie and and all of this. And, and you know, trying to, you know, he was uh, Pee Wee Herman. The character was trying to put on a show despite what everybody else was trying to do around him. And like that's it's had that dynamic that I think was missing uh, in Big Top Pee Wee compared to uh pew's big adventure yeah and i and i do think that it is a loss uh not getting tim burton because i think tim burton then <laughs> want to make that caveat tim burton in the 80s huge yes. asset to have fresh-faced new tim burton <laughs> yeah full of ideas <laughs> tim burton i i, uh, I think not yet a cliche tim burton yeah i think he would have injected and I, I don't think the the directing in this is, is bad by any means, but no, it's not at all. But it's just very there's not like a really strong aesthetic to it or anything. It's just filming the movie. You know, it's very yeah. straightforward. Maybe that is why when you read the filmography, it's like he did a bunch of movies, you know, like I, he's kind of like, he made stuff look good. And, it, it you know, he wasn't a big risk and but I think made a lot of big, good movies. But I think maybe this could have used a director that had more of a wacky vision or, or well, something a little more kinetic. Yeah, just thinking about the circus sequence at the end in the hands of Tim Burton. Right. Like that would have been nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it would have been a lot scarier of a movie. I also, by the way, I don't know if you had this, but man, it's so funny to go back and rewatch it now. Large Marge terrified me. As oh, kid. scared the pants off of me as a little kid. Like every time. It wasn't like one time jump scare. I knew it was coming and sometimes somehow it would still scare me as a kid. It got me. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. <laughs> she, she's the scariest character in the history of cinema besides the guy that jumps out behind the diner at uh, in. Uh, um, Mulholland Fall, Mulholland Drive. Yeah, yeah. Is the other scariest one. Those are the two scariest characters in cinema. Yes. That's it. <laughs> it's Large Marge and Diner Man. Who I like to believe uh, crossed paths because they both spent a lot of time in diners. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Large Marge is the one that sent him to that diner. That makes sense. <laughs> that's what she did. She sent people to diners. Yeah, that was as far as we know, that was her whole unfinished business on this earth. <laughs> just just making sure someone got <laughs> a short stack and a couple of eggs. Yeah, you look hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, oh, I, I, but I think those are kind of the broad. So, you know what? I do want to talk about as well. 
I want to make sense of this world, which is impossible. But since you've no, you, it's it's bafflingly weird. But since you brought it up, like it's a town. So Pee Wee Herman. It's also worth mentioning, probably, that there is no connective tissue between any previous yeah. thing in this. And I, I don't know this for sure, but my theory is that was probably legal reasons because this was made by Paramount and, uh, you know, the previous film was made by Warner Brothers. So you get all the rights issues of like they had permission to use Pee Wee Herman, but probably not anyone because else. I think Paul Rubens owned Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, because he created like, him. Dan- yeah. Right. But Danny Elfman had to write an entirely new score. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing to, to really connect it. Uh, so, but it, I did read that there was kind of a, I guess, like a theory that the the people who made it came up with that they decided that after the success of the film that's made at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that Pee Wee Herman became so famous and so beloved that he moved to this farm to escape. It's his yeah, name. sure. Which yeah, I mean whatever. But uh but yeah, I want to talk about this town because the town that he lives in, he has a farm where he has a talking pig, which is great. Vance, fantastic character. Uh, yeah, Vance so weird that one animal talks, and that's just a weird choice, but Vance is hilarious. Yeah, Vance is a really good character, and he's doing uh like Pee-wee's doing a lot of uh Research. Pee Wee Herman in this film ahead of the curve on both GMOs and plant based meat. Just want to note that he was a real innovator in, yeah. in both of those fields. That uh, He invented CRISPR technology. He really did. <laughs> Little known fact. Yeah, he was growing hot dogs on plants. Like, fantastic. Like, yeah, he, he saw that coming decades ahead. But well, and he was at the forefront of gerontology and anti-aging uh, science. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't talk about that with Pee Wee. We, we don't talk about how Pee Wee Herman was at the vanguard. But yeah, I want to. He had a community college degree in botany. But but yeah, I want to talk about. So Pee Wee Herman lives on this farm with all of his animals. That is adorable. Like that, that's great. They they seem to have a good life. These animals. But then the town that he lives in is populated by a, a school teacher named Winnie that he has lunch with. The kids that she teaches, who all seem to be the, the same age, and the six of them, six kids, all the same age, and then a lot of elderly people. Yeah, it's so weird. There are there's no one else. I don't know what happened in this town. I don't know if the elderly people, these are their kids. I don't know their why grandkids that they're in charge of. Yeah, but there's there's only six children. They're all taught by Winnie, who's the only teacher. And then it's Pee Wee. And it's these old people. And that's the town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's super weird. Yes. And then what happened? And, and they're all very cranky. Yes. For, like, especially cranky as old people. Yeah. You but, would think that this would be their utopia because it's just them, Pee Wee Herman, and these kids who the kids don't. The kids only seem to exist at the the school. Do they even make it to the... <laughs> The circus? I don't think the kids are at the circus. The actual kids are at the circus at the end. <laughs> yeah, it's just the elderly people turned into kids that make it to the well, circus. Well, that's the problem is maybe they had some of the hot dogs, too, and just ceased to exist. Oh, yeah, they yeah, they just <laughs> disappeared. Yep, that makes sense. Or maybe they had hot yeah. dogs that made them old, and then they didn't want to go. Yeah, and they were all... So maybe it's just this weird... Vicious, Maybe this this town exists in a time loop. Yeah, maybe when where the kids and the adult, the kids and the elderly just keep replacing each other, and Pee Wee is this this weird ageless wonder that 
just manipulates this town for his own sick desires. <laughs> I think that's definitely it. Uh, but so it's my head cannon now, yeah, at any rate. Yeah, and so then what happens is that he lives in this town with the old people, and uh, and Winnie who <laughs> makes him egg salad sandwiches that he hates for lunch. Yes, and she thinks that it's his favorite food, but he hates it, and also. Yeah, their communication is stellar. Yeah, I mean, again, they seem to be the only two eligible people of the same age who can date. Uh, but she doesn't like looking at clouds with him, which is his favorite activity. She doesn't know what foods he likes. And uh, he seems to only make moves at her at lunch at her school, which she is not, understandably, not into. Right. Um, so, uh, so he- And it turns out the thing that they actually have in common is their kink is Italian acrobats. <laughs> Yeah, who knew? That is their actual bit of common ground. Which if they had communicated more, they might have figured out. They could have, they could have, you know, it could have been an amazingly huge polyamorous collective with the five Italian brothers and their sister. Which it is. I mean, they do end up. Winnie ends up in a polyamorous relationship. She ends up in a plural marriage with the five Italian. Yeah. uh, Piccolo Pupa brothers. Yeah. Which I saw means little dolls. Like that's yes, apparently the little the translation on that, and I love that. That that is, that is accurate. Yeah. So yeah, what happens is there's a, a big storm, and then the circus is just blown into literally Pee Wee's yard. You know, like yes. on his farm, and then, but it's also confusing a little bit because they're they're blown in there during the storm, but it also seemed like they were probably going there anyway because they they seem like they're supposed to be potentially. Put- or maybe they just go wherever they end up and uh, they and at any rate, they decide to put on a show. But the people in the town do not want it, which is the clip that we heard at the beginning is uh, Chris Christofferson as Mace having an existential crisis because apparently he has never encountered human beings who do not want to go to a circus. And it's really ruining his entire yeah. world. Um, and this is Chris Christopherson as Mace Montana, who dresses like Indiana Jones for some reason. He dresses exactly like Indiana Jones, and he has a wife that can fit in the palm of his hand. Midge. Literally. Midge. Yes, Midge. She's tiny. She is literally four inches tall. Yeah. And so then for some reason, they will, for a while they live with Pee Wee, and then they decide that I guess because Mace is having such a... An existential crisis, and he's just looking around him. He decides to do a tribute to the American farm as a as a circus theme, which is I'm going to say not great, but yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah, I think you're just naming things in the room, Mace. Yeah, I love lamp. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the the setup, and then also as we alluded to. There uh, is Gina, the sister of these. So, yeah, Winnie and Pee Wee are dating. And then Pee Wee, as soon as the circus rolls into town, he sees Gina, immediately falls in love with her, which is understandable because she's played by uh, Valeria. Uh, Gal- Valeria Galina. Yeah, yeah. Valeria, uh, Valeria Galina. Yeah, we we all get it. Yeah. <laughs> makes. I mean... And honestly, like, it's not like he was settling with Penelope Ann Miller. No, 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 not at all, for sure. But he has more in common with Gina, who 
uh, likes looking at clouds and describing what they are and who has better food, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think just really, I mean, they like, if I'm given the choice between an egg salad sandwich and a delicious Italian meal, I'm going delicious Italian meal. Every time. Yeah. Egg salad sandwiches. I'm with Pee Wee on this. They're kind of gross. Some people really love egg salad. I don't. And you you don't like eggs at all. I especially don't like egg yeah. salad because I think eggs are gross. And I, but... and I like eggs, but I draw the line at egg salad. It's, it's, it's not good eggs and it's not a salad. I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. going on. So he will riddle me this. What if instead of putting the egg salad in bread, they put the egg salad inside of uh, a hollowed out hard boiled egg with a little paprika sprinkled on top? I mean, that's delicious, but it's texturally very different. <laughs> I think too. I don't think I mean, a deviled a deviled egg is essentially egg salad in a half and half a hard boiled egg with paprika on top. You know, it is, but it's not. You know, well, it's it's the same thing. Whereas, like, hey, do you want to eat seven pieces of string cheese? No. What if I battered them and fried them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All then right. yeah, all in. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, we're talking about Italian food. What is all Italian food if not some kind of pasta with some kind of likely tomato-based sauce? Sure. Yeah, but it's all different and all of it. It's all in the preparation, baby. Yeah, it's all in the prep. But yeah, um, anyway, but so yeah, he, no, I'm, yeah. yeah, he falls for Gina, understandable, but he, in doing so, forgets that he's dating Winnie and uh, immediately... And this is going to sound weird if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to it. Proceeds to make out with Gina for, I think, approximately five minutes of screen time. Yeah. Uncut. Single take. But then they cut away and like they show a bunch of stock footage that clearly implies that they sleep together. Yes. Yeah. Um, Which is hilarious and great. Yeah, which is, it's fascinating because I think I texted you when I was watching this to say that Pee Wee Herman is surprisingly horny in this movie. Because in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, he's incredibly chaste, you know, like yes. he he seems to like sort of begrudgingly, he has a love interest in that, but he's not super interested in dating in that film. No, he loves his bicycle. And it's funny because now having watched the Pee Wee Herman show, the the original adult-oriented groundling show, in that he is also very horny. And uh, he's trying to sleep with Miss Yvonne. Well, I don't know that he's trying to, but he, he's very interested romantically in Miss Yvonne in that. And in fact, he and Phil Hartman are battling for her affections. Right. But and there's a lot more adult oriented stuff in that. But it it is kind of still jarring in this movie because this does seem like it's aimed at kids. I definitely watched it a lot as a kid. And it is kind of strange that he's climbing on top of women. <laughs> yeah. And well, and then Penelope Ann Miller is like incredibly horny for the five Piccolo Poopa brothers. Again, understandable. Understand, they're handsome, swarthy Italian lads. And also, I mean, they're very in sync. So if that's your thing, like, they, yeah, it's going to be mean, an experience, I'm sure. Yeah, that's something you write home about, for sure. Um, Yeah, this movie, it, 
I think we're going to have a fun time talking about the silver linings, of which I think there are many, but it is just so uneven. Yes. But yeah, I also, because we're here, and I think that it invites the question all the previous things have asked, I do wonder how Mace and Midge like, have any kind of uh, intimacy, I'll say. Uh, I I don't want to go down this path, but we're here. We don't have to go down the path. I just wanted to pose the question. I'm just asking questions. I'm <laughs> just asking questions. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, you love what you love. Yeah. I just, look, I'm not saying you and I need to answer this, but I am saying that everyone listening needs to think about it. Yes. So we're going to give you uh, 30 seconds of silence <laughs> while you think about it. Yeah, hit pause. You know, we're not going to do that for the airtime, but, uh, but please. No, no, we... no, but hit pause for about 30 seconds and give a good long think mm -hmm. about the relationship between Chris Christopherson and a four inch woman. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I think. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Hopefully you listen to it and hopefully you've, you've <laughs> realized some personal truths. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you learned about yourself. Ugh. Are we I think we're ready to pivot, though. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll hit on a couple of other things that were maybe a little weird and a little bit off. Oh, actually, just one more thing. And I, I think this is kind of in the liminal space. But very early on in the movie, uh, when Pee Wee is doing his morning chores at the farm. Uh, and he milks the cow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I'm watching it and it, I, I had forgotten about this bit forever. And I'm like, something's not right about that milk. It just doesn't look right. And it turns out because it's a brown cow and it's giving chocolate milk. Uh, but like the, it, the milk looks like it doesn't look brown when it's coming out of the teeth. And it's just like it's just. Ugh. Yeah, it's it, off-putting. Yes, yeah, it doesn't. The joke isn't sold, and it's not explained, so it's it doesn't quite work. I agree. Yeah, and but just like because like it kind of looks reddish, so it just looks really gross. And then it's like oh, okay, brown cow, chocolate milk, har har har, easy joke, whatever. But uh, it was it was off-putting. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's pivot. Yeah. You know what? I, how about this? I do liminal space because I don't know <laughs> that this is good or bad, but I think it's noteworthy. This is the theatrical film debuts of, of two notable people, and that is Benicio Del Toro as the dog-faced boy <laughs> and Dustin Diamond as one of the children that one of the old people turns into. Yep. So just want to note those. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Dustin, Di I'm amazed that Dustin Diamond continued to get work after like he was like mouthing along the words with the other characters. And like it, it, it he, he was bad. <laughs> you know, knowing what I do about his childhood and life, I I understand. Sure. OK, that's fair. Yeah. Rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Um, but Benicio del Toro is one of my all-time favorite actors, and he is, and uh, one of my all-time favorite dog-faced boys, alongside Keanu Reeves and Freaked. I was gonna say Keanu Reeves is my favorite dog-faced boy. Yeah, but they're both great, you know. Yeah, and then I mean, it made sense that Benicio del Toro went on to play the Wolfman in that failed MonsterVerse. Yeah, I assume thing. instead of auditioning, he just sent a tape of this. 
That, that's what I would have done. <laughs> like you see, look at it. There, what do you want? Yeah, he's like, I won an Oscar, and I have experience playing a dog face boy. Yeah. What What else do you need? Paycheck, please. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then judging about how hard he tried in that movie, I think he did actually say paycheck, please. Yeah, I think he tried harder in this for sure. Yeah, I think he did because he had something to prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he had a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So <laughs> I think my favorite sequence in this entire movie is the opening. The dream sequence? Yeah. The dream sequence is good. Yeah. Um. So uh. It's Pee Wee Herman uh, as part of a stage show as a crooner singing about the girl on the flying trapeze. Foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But then, (laughs) in order to prevent himself from being mobbed by the girls, Mm -hmm. dresses up as Abe Lincoln. Yep. And... (laughs) And the girls are still like, ooh, I'm such a big fan. Can I have your autograph? Yeah, they are moderately <laughs> excited to, to about to, Abe Lincoln. And also have no questions about None. why Abe Lincoln is leaving the stage exit of the show that they just watched Pee Wee Herman perform at. And they're just mildly tickled to see Abe Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Uh and then <laughs> and then he gets cornered by the the mobs of women and just flies away. Yeah. No notes. That scene is perfect. Which is also fascinating too. Again, having I don't I know I keep bringing this up, but I just watched it. But the that's how the uh, end of the Pee Wee Herman show is that he he makes a wish and he is able to fly. So clearly, yep. clearly Pee Wee likes the idea of being able to fly. And who can blame yeah. him? It's, it's, see, it's usually one of the first two answers when people ask yeah. what your superpower would be. Yeah. Uh yeah. It's it's. But yeah, that scene. That scene is absolutely perfect yes no it's great i do love that scene look i Um, i have to say i don't know what it is i can't explain it but i've continued to crack up at the the and i understand if nobody else had this reaction but that opening clip that i played where it's just chris christopherson's character mace pouring his heart out pouring his heart out and the only response that peewee has is what do you mean mace (laughs) And he just keeps saying, what do you mean, Mace? In the exact same way, every time. And it really cracked me up. Uh, no, th- that part is so good. It's like, that's like Zucker Brothers level comedy. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's it's just really well done. Yeah, I think the only thing, I don't know, like, that I, I would have enjoyed. I think it works as is. But if it had literally been the same shot. Every single time, like the same insert of him saying, what do you mean, Mace? I think I would have enjoyed it. I I think I might have as well, but like that would have seemed weird because there there was almost no like fourth wall breaking type like true meta humor in this. Yeah, Um, it is a more grounded way to do it the way that um, I just I'm like and for that reason, I think I appreciate that (laughs) it's um. It's just him literally exactly delivering the line the same. Which is a credit to Paul Rubens, too, because, again, they're all different takes, but he delivers that line identically every single time. And it it really cracks me up. No, it's it's (laughs) like that. 
that that might be the best joke in the movie. Yeah, no, it's really good. I also did. It was too visual to play the clip, but I did enjoy when uh, Mace and Gina are walking through the tent and they're seeing all the acts and they're, they're getting the voiceover of every single act. And the last one turns out to just be Pee Wee Herman sitting in a chair and he roars. Yeah. Like that, that, no, that was, that was, that was well done as well. Um, no. And this, like, while this movie doesn't have like a director's flair to it, it does look really good. No, that's what I mean is like, it's, it's very well made. Like it's a, you know, it doesn't have like an auteur style or anything, but it's, yeah, it's shot really well. Also, I mean, um, we we brought them up, but I the you know, I think worth re-mentioning the the two characters that we brought up before. Vance the pig, great character. Well, that's I think my other favorite joke in the movie is like it's right after the the first lunch that we see between Pee Wee and Winnie, um, and then the kids are just mud wrestling, and it's the two two girls are mud wrestling, and everyone's cheering them on and. And Vance is instructing them how to do it. And it's well, it's just so weird and dumb well, and funny. Well, also, that has another great joke to it. Uh, because, yeah, so Pee Wee says Vance is teaching the kids mud wrestling. And Winnie jumps up and runs around the corner to, to intervene. And then the line that she says, though, is really great, too. Because she was like, I was going to teach that this afternoon. <laughs> like. Saves me the trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that like yeah that it's not oh my god they're mud wrestling I have to stop it it's oh I they I was gonna cover that like yeah. <laughs> that was on the lesson plan. Um, I also love that Pee Wee has a date book that just has lunch with Winnie in it every single day and nothing else. Yeah, not uh, revolutionize um, botany and plant based meat. Not uh, genetically engineer a cow to give chocolate milk. It does seem like he had some, some kinks to work out in, in all of these, though. I don't think that yeah. the stuff was there, but he was doing some amazing science, I think. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And uh, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the end is fun. Like the, the actual circus when we when all when all the old people turn into kids and they march to the circus and we we see the circus. I enjoy that. That's a strong ending. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they make the callback with tequila while he's on the tightrope. Yeah. Yeah, snuck it in there. Uh, all the animals are on the tightrope for some reason, but I... It's, yeah, why not? It's ridiculous, not? but it's a good visual. Oh, I, uh, and there's the romance between Vance and the hippo. Yeah, yeah, Vance and the... There's a lot of romance in this movie. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it, like, this is... This is a fun movie, and I think that it's probably a good nostalgia trip for people who haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um... And it's but I, it's Pee Wee Herman. Like if it's Pee Wee Herman. Any Pee Wee Herman is good Pee Wee Herman, I think. I do Yes. I well and also I I just we kind of mentioned her, but yeah, just I mean the character of Gina, I, you know, instantly fell in love with the second I saw her as a kid. And you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. Just great. Valeria yeah. Galeno. And I mean and, and Valeria Galeno was something of an it girl at the time. She was Tom Cruise's love interest in Rain Man. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a bunch of things uh, right around that time period. She's, she's she in the Hot Shots movies. I was just going to say that, the Hot Shots movies, yeah, which we could very uh, easily do on this podcast. Oh, for sure. Uh, again, speaking of the Zucker brothers, but... But that was great. No, um, she's great, and she she did, she did seemed to lean towards doing a lot of comedy, which I think she has good timing for, too. And also, yeah, no, I she, mean, the scene where she's mad at Pee-wee, like, and she's just giving him the cold shoulder and... 
you know, I, I actually do really love it when uh, he's like, you know, Gina has something to say and she's like, hey, everybody, Pee Wee has something he wants to say. <laughs> like, just like, it's pretty great. Her being angry at him is it's yeah, very no, short lived, it, but it's very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, no, it's all. And just everybody gets their happy ending, and that's always nice. Yeah. I think the other thing, too, that I realized about this character is, uh, and it's actually fascinating. I ended up watching a a YouTube clip of him and Roddy Piper, and it's just Piper trying to insult him. And what you realize is that you can't. You can't cut a wrestling promo on Pee Wee Herman. Again, I know you are, but what am I? I'm rubber, you're glue. And I... I think that, it, like, I find that really fascinating of, like, you can try to malign this movie. You can try to dislike Pee Wee Herman or this film, but you can't. It's He's Teflon. Like, the character no, he, is literally he, he really designed is. to be Teflon. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, Pee Wee Herman is one of the all-time great comedy characters. Uh, he is justifiably an icon of, like, comedy, children's programming, all of it. Uh, and, yeah, uh Pee-wee's Big Adventure, far superior, but this is a super fun movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's definitely, I think, fun to watch. Like, if, you're, if you've are if you been doing what we've been doing and consuming as much Pee-wee Herman content as you can since the, the news of his passing, then, and you haven't done this one yet, do it. It's 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 worth your time. And yeah, I, I just, obviously, everyone has said this, but no, I love the character. And the more that I've consumed, I listened to... The interview he did with Conan O'Brien that was reposted as well. And it's like, I kind of get the impression that Paul Rubens, who, again, seemed like a cherub of a man, but also seemed like someone with anxiety and someone who uh, maybe questioned the way his actual voice sounds, which is not the Pee Wee Herman voice, but also still a kind of nasally voice and maybe had insecurities about who he was. I think made Pee Wee Herman as this incredibly heightened version of himself of like, I'm going to make the most ridiculous, annoying version of myself and make him beloved and just, again, bulletproof, essentially. And it's such a unique character that we were lucky to get once and will not get again. And... I just love that. And I think that that makes me happy. So any and all Pee Wee Herman gives me joy. Ditto. What do you mean, Mace? Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. Peaksloth.com.